Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughter. Holy cow. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Oh, it's a perfect game. Right out goes. Grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at Eckernwall23. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox at gmail.com oh, sorry that's at locked on socks what am i doing uh on twitter instagram and youtube the locked on socks at gmail you're gonna have it later or 312-566-8727 you already know the things if you already oh, folks them. put your seat belts on this could be a bumpy ride thank you for me yes and i'm wearing a shirt today the light it up shirt because i right. went to the game friends hang on we got someone else here joining us here let's see if she shows up uh Oh, okay. She's quiet. She's quiet when uh, you're recording. I'm recording. Yeah, usually they say recording in progress. Uh, I heard her. Oh, you? I, I did. Audience heard her. No, I didn't hear her. So, yeah. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> this is really a. This is a appropriate it's for this game tonight. Start. Yeah. Uh, hey, that's Chris. How you doing? Hey, uh, you know, you went to the game tonight, huh? I did. I Man, did. what? Did you go by yourself, like some kind of loser? Yeah. Yeah. That was such you, a loser. Oh. You, you should have went with someone. You should. Why don't you invite me, jerk? I don't know. Some uh, some jerk didn't want to go. Yeah, <laughs> but eventually I found people to sit next to. Right. I mean, I don't need that. We'll get but, to that. Know, it was fun. We'll get to that in a second. As you can hear, I've really gone the extra mile and built out a nice little sound studio in my car. Uh, Herb is uh, still on a Zoom uh, from uh, my back seat, though. Uh, we're doing this <laughs> safely here. No, I did not go to the game with Herb uh, last night, as uh, we talked about on yesterday's show. Uh, just feeling, uh, you know, a little bit stretched thin here. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you have a, a wife and kid, they'll drop a little hint on you like, hey, why are you always working? Hey, uh, we miss you. Hey, um, why haven't we seen you in three months? Uh, you know, things like that. The things your family will say to you. Uh, so I, I elected to stay home. Went and got some McDonald's and just kind of vegged out, watched the game, hung out with uh, with my with my daughter and uh, let my wife watch her shows upstairs in peace because that's another part of this too is like you know when i'm not around then you know uh wife can't watch her shows in peace so everyone deserves a, uh, their own time so uh we always thank thank our significant others for putting up with us uh, as we go through this grind of a baseball season here so i did not go i chose to stay home uh, but who did you end up sitting by herb tell me about the 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 ballpark experience last night i'm dying to know what'd you eat who'd you hang with what'd you think of the game that sucked <laughs> So I got into the ballpark. Of course, I got to get a hot dog, hot dog with some sauerkraut, sat down in my seat in 159. I think I was in row 11. Lady immediately asked if I was supposed to be sitting there. Whatever. Um, <laughs> what, like an, an usher or just a, a no, fan? No, just a regular lady who was sitting in the same damn row as I was. Uh, what, are your, what are your seats? Uh, I was like, right here. All right. Where were you? Were you down close to the field? I was. No, I was oh, 159, row 11. Because like I was, was by the bullpen. Okay, because to play devil's advocate, so like sometimes like when you sit in near the front row, like the first couple rows, you will always have people coming down there to sit uh, who don't belong there because they will just scour the ballpark and they will look around for, okay, 
where's the where where can I go where I can sit in the front row? Like thinking that that's like you know the best spot to be in is the front row. So when we used to sit down there in one fifty four, people would go sit down in the front row all the time, and they were kicking people out all day long. So I kind of get that, but that doesn't make any sense what you're talking about. That's no, I was sitting down before she got (laughs) there. That's a little kick. You should ask her, Karen. Karen, (laughs) why did you do that, Karen? Uh, And so eventually, and her then my tweet. Have you guys seen her kids? Like I'm the only one. Like there's three seats to my left. The seat that I had for you, which you didn't (laughs) take. Um, and then two other seats. So the kids could have just said, hey, sir, excuse me. And I would have stood up and let them all pass. But no, instead, they climbed on the seats in front of us, which eventually were occupied by a whole family. And so now they have shoe prints and whatever those kids been running in. Uh, you know, these kids to nowadays, these zennials, what are they called? I don't know what they are, but they got all these mud and gum on their shoes and they're all in the back of those people's uh, uh, seats. So. Uh, then eventually I went over. Tony's like, "Hey, man, I'm here at 156." Tony uh, Gill and Demons. So I saw they were Demons out there. Squirrel, yeah, how are yeah, they doing? Doing real good. We're on the like, if 108 is on the left, a uh, right field uh, pole, we we're on the left field pole, right okay. behind it, right by the bullpen. Good to talk to those guys. I had some uh, chicken fingers there too. So uh, yeah, we chopped oh. it up and talked about some good things uh, and watched a good ball game. It was boring, kind of. But, oh, you know. okay, yeah. Let's get to this ball game in a second here. Well, th- sorry, I, I did not go with you. Sound like you had a lovely time. Uh, and as we say goodbye to regular season baseball here, the magic number is still at seven. Sox lose three to two. To and the- by the way, before I go, I went over to the one hundred eight before I left. I left like in the seventh. Okay. Said what's up to all those people, especially Wally and Pete Han, who were both there. Well, you got to say hello to the public faces of the 108, the guys that are the really represent them on social media and are active in the community um, and on the podcast. Wally and, and Pete Hand, those are, those are the guys that I think of when I think of the 108. They're the public and, face. And just briefly sat behind the three-time Sox Math winner, Beef Loaf. Oh, yeah. Also, my, my Sox Summer was there talking. Those two guys we'll see on Saturday. And then, of course, Cherizi was in the house oh. right, right there. And he says, maybe you and him can have like a blood crip, like coming together, a ceasefire oh. <laughs> over your both your loves of Norm McDonald. It took oh. the death of Norm McDonald for you guys to squash that beef. Abs- absolutely, man. The fake beef. Yeah. How about beef loaf? What a flex right there. Winning socks math, submitting a video, then going to the ballpark that same night. That's quite a flex. But yeah, we're looking forward. I'm glad you mentioned it. We're, we're looking forward to hanging out with uh, with Beef Loaf and My Sox Summer. Cherizi will not be in the house. That's why uh, the two of He's us are there. He's going to try to get there, he said. Oh, okay. Because your love of Norm McDonald. Yeah, I would love to just you know turn the uh, by the way i've got a great norm mcdonald white Sox related anecdote here for the end of the show but i would love for the the show just to turn into white Sox and norm mcdonald talk i'd be here for it give me a reason to watch some more norm videos uh, i was listening to jim norton and sam roberts on sirius xm today and basically what their first segment of their show was was talking about norm and uh, jim norton obviously a fellow comedian so they're just you know sharing norm stories but their show just turned into the first segment of them just watching norm mcdonald videos on their show and laughing and i was just i was laughing so hard in the car on the way home uh i think that was a very fitting tribute playing some of the stuff from the white house correspondence dinner back uh, when bill clinton was president you know playing these clips from uh 
from the the early days of the View, uh, where Norm Macdonald's accusing Bill Clinton of murdering someone. Um, you know, it's 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 public record, uh, and Barbara Walters was not having it. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, but yeah, so we're gonna be out there at the Ballpark Pub with the 108 guys this Saturday, September 18th, uh, as you say, Herb. Don't meet us there. Beat us there. Yeah, I got that right. Uh, we're doing a live show with From the 108 uh, at Ballpark Pub, 514 West Pershing Road, just blocks from the ballpark at Pershing, just east of Halstead. It's a 5 p.m. podcast taping. Stay and watch the Sox and Rangers, and who knows? That could be the – this could be it, – it's likely not going to be the night they clinch. Uh, you know, I think a, a lot of things would have to – happen i don't think it's it could i don't think it's possible really with the number at seven if they could have gotten it down to six tonight maybe it would have been a little more conceivable but i don't think it's possible at this point uh but even so it's going to be a magical evening on the south side and i'll finally get to have my kimski which i almost went today I, i told herb i said hey what if I just drive you to the ballpark and I go get Kimski and then I go home? But that would have been really far out of my way, and uh, I decided not to do that. So maybe we'll just do that on Saturday after the show. We'll post game it over at Kimski or one of the other great South Side establishments like Freddy's. You know, get ourselves a uh, you know a, you know maybe a, a juiced up uh, spiked milkshake. Maybe uh, who knows? Um, but yeah, we'll be there Saturday with the 108 guys at. Ballpark Pub, 514 West Pershing Road. I'm told uh, it will be outside, so if you are a little uh, nervous about going to bars, uh, we're going to try to make it as safe as possible, but I'm looking forward to it regardless. And I'm also going to be at Dick's Sporting Goods in Lombard as part of a score appearance uh, earlier that uh, afternoon. So I'll be going right from Lombard to the, the Southside Ballpark Pub and we just had a sit-down with the boss of all bosses, Mitch Rosen, today to kind of iron out our post-game shows for the postseason. Um, because of the way the schedule is going to line up, we know we're going to have at least one, most likely. And that's up to the White Sox to give us more than that. So we'll have more information about that uh, as, as we go along here. But uh, looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, it's going to be good to see all those guys. Uh, we kid a lot. Uh, but, yeah, I, I haven't gotten a chance to talk to those guys really um, – since the 108 fest you know an actual conversation other than a quick flyby when you're at the ballpark so that's going to be a lot of fun uh, I, I wonder what's uh what's in store for us during that taping so by the way if you hear us run that show on our feed on monday uh you know don't be surprised so you'll be able to hear that hopefully uh in uh, in due time so talk about the game Sox lose three to two mm-hmm Oof, it was a, it was a real clunker. It is Roberto Clemente day across Major League Baseball. Liam Hendricks, I don't know, you probably got a good look at him there sitting by the bullpen. Uh, he's mm-hmm. the White Sox nominee for the Roberto Clemente award and they uh, hand that award out during the postseason. He's sporting the number 21 in honor of Roberto Clemente who uh, passed away, died in a plane crash in Nicaragua while attempting to aid in hurricane relief. Uh, died with exactly 3,000 hits, one of the greatest players of all time. If I had a baseball time machine, he'd be probably the first guy I'd dial it up for to go see play. And uh, so that was pretty cool to see Liam Hendricks sporting the number 21 out there with the no name on the back, just 21, similar to how you see it on Jackie Robinson Day. Do you like that? Uh, they're, they're expanding that this year where uh, anyone can, uh, can wear it. Anyone who's the team's nominee can wear it, and, and players who are of uh, Puerto Rican descent can wear it as well. Uh, but did you, did you like that aesthetic look? I love the number 21. I think it's one of the best-looking numbers available. Yeah, Rick Camp says the best number on a jersey, 
bar none. I was like, what, what about 12? He's like, that doesn't work. So the two and the one in that order work out perfectly. So that shout out to Rick Camp on that one. Yeah. But he had his uh, warm up on the whole time when I was looking up in the bullpen. He likes to sit out there with Kirk Hassler and guys like that. Uh, occasionally uh, he was out there for three or four innings, but he just pretty much had his uh, socks warm up. I think the one that you have, the one, the curse of white socks. Oh, it's a beautiful, the- beautiful, comfortable garment. I love it. It's my favorite. It's awesome. And so I didn't really get to see his jersey. I saw the pregame festivities right there where he is the Robert, the uh, Roberto Clemente uh, Award. <laughs> what's the, what's the Robin Ventura Award? Which what is that? Is that, that means you get fired when you're uh, <laughs> when you're overmatched in 2012? Okay, I was going to um, go Nolan Ryan there, but that would have been too easy. You'll be seeing. I'm going to be getting a, a Robin Ventura addition to my Zoom backdrop here very soon. You're going to be very pleased to see this when I get it. Uh, but great. but go ahead. Yeah, so very, very underappreciated. <laughs> he, like the other third baseman we have currently, who Ooh, during the game. Ooh, today, yeah, we'll get we'll get to it all right we'll get to it in short short order here so twenty six thousand plus came on to see one of the most talked about players one of the great players in the whole world right now uh, of course that is kurt suzuki uh they all came out to see him last night and uh dallas keiko was on the bump for the Sox and uh six innings six hits two runs they were earned five walks three strikeouts now People will tell you that this was a good outing for Dallas Keuchel because it was a quality start. What say you, Herb? Um, I think it was a better start than he has had before previously, but I thought it was just shaky the whole time. He yes. was walking the yard. Yeah, the results look good. If you just look at innings pitched, earned runs, you're you're like man Dallas all right looks right you gave you gave us what we wanted and hand to god i said 5 innings 3 earned or less so i can't complain too tough about it so he gave us what he what i've been asking so yeah good job Dallas but if we're judging him not on the curve and we're saying did he pitch well today i would say no I know it's a quality start, but no, he did not pitch well. And I was very shocked that Tony brought him back out for the sixth inning. Oh, yes. That's that's later on my list here. All right, we'll get to and that. So he was not like in the fifth inning. He was struggling. He walked the I think he walked the bases loaded. Yes, it was his worst out. worst inning uh, to that point. Yeah. Yeah. He got out of it with what Dallas Keiko gets out of it with a ground ball to third base, which uh, Mancata accepts on third and then Jose saves him because the ball is thrown short and he picks it. And so he gets out of that. And when he came back out, like at that same time, Kopech was warming up. He was getting his arm loose. And so I was like, all right, Kopech's coming back out. And then when the White Sox went to bat, Kopech sat back down. So I was like, oh, they could have Keiko that six. It was tough. I was not in agreement with that move. But as people want to uh, have it, it worked out. So it's a good thing for Dallas. So on the whole, I guess... If I don't want to be a hypocrite, I'll take what Dallas Keuchel did tonight every time. But it wasn't a good start. Yeah, the offense needs to be better. I do. I have a problem with the walks as well. Um, and and when you you know, it, he looked like he was going to be able to put it together early, but then he lost command a little bit there. And again, it's we say it every time he goes out there. It's such a thin margin for error. 
when you have to just dot the corners every single time and you're, you're looking for weak contact because the Angels hitters say what you want about their offense and they, they've got some good pieces there and they've dealt with their share of injuries. And, you know, it's a shame, you know, if you're an Angels fan, you don't get to see that full lineup out there for much of the season. You know, they're they're missing Trout. They're missing uh, Rendon. So, but they've got some patient hitters who are, have pretty keen strike zone awareness. So they were not up there uh, taking uh, taking hacks at, at bad Dallas Keuchel pitches out of the zone, uh, especially as the game went on. But let's talk about one of the, the, the key moments of the game here. Uh, third inning, we'll take you there. So a- after Lagaris grounds out, uh, you go single and then walk to Fletcher. Otani grounds out, another rough night for Otani. Um, and then, so you have a play here where call was overturned on the field with the runner on third, two, two outs, uh, ground ball hit by Goslins, and Moncada elected not to charge the ball. He played back the ground ball from Goslin, and maybe Yohan underestimated Goslin's speed uh, because he was respecting the shit out of 90 all the way down the line. He got <laughs> uh, down there in a hurry knowing the situation there, but he's able to drive in the go-ahead run at that point, making it one nothing after the play was ultimately overturned. And then uh, I don't know if you caught this when you were out there, but the TV cameras caught it a little bit. Uh, but after the third out was, was retired, uh, that was Walsh grounding out. The cameras caught a little bit of Dallas Keuchel sort of getting uh, real amped up and being uh, very aggressive towards uh, Yoan there. And uh, I think uh, rightfully so. I don't know if you've seen, mm-hmm. the, seen the video, but uh, do you have a problem with that in that spot? Uh, your, 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 uh, your big contract pitcher sort of taking your infielder to task there? In public, a little bit, but not necessarily any problem with Keiko because – we had a problem with in real time how Mancata played that ball. Firstly, like you said, he didn't make his own hop. He played it back. And then he was kind of nonchalant with the throw as if yeah. this guy doesn't have a couple, he has some jets and Gossel was getting down the line. And in real time, we we're like, he's safe. I, I We were thinking, is Joe going to challenge this? I know it's a third inning and people don't like challenging early in the game, but a run did score if he that guy is safe. And that's what happened. And so we were really disappointed in what Mancata brought to the table there. As we said with Luis Robert, sky's the limit with him. And sometimes lackadaisical play uh, haunts him because I don't know if he gets bored. He counts on his talents way too much or something where he just is not the guy that, you know, sometimes you're going to make mistakes, but mistakes by being aggressive. Fine. Bad throws, all right. Like the one he had on the double play, fine. Hose helped him out. But this one was a mistake of, I don't know, just like laying back and sitting, resting on your laurels and thinking, hey, my arm's good enough. I can get this guy out. I don't need to be all charging this ball. It was a He was deep in the hole. That was a, a cannon he has, but still a tough play for anybody. And so we were really disappointed. If Dallas goes in the clubhouse or in the dugout and says, hey, man, I can't have that from you. Yeah. You're this guy. You're at this level. I can't have anything below that. And you need to get your together. I'll be fine with that. And maybe that's lit a spark on the Yohan. Yeah, you know, because obviously Yohan uh, with one of the more aesthetically pleasing home runs of the season there from the left side uh, to tie that one up at one very soon after that. But yeah, you know, when you're talking about peer-to-peer on the field, I I tend to agree with you. There's no reason to show up a teammate, but these are all professionals. These are all grown men getting paid a lot of money to do this. So ultimately, uh, you know, they they can handle things their own way because this is not real-world workplace environment here. Uh, You know, 
you know, in the dugout uh, where people can't see. I think it's probably a little bit more effective, especially when you're dealing with a, a – uh, a younger player, um, I think that would be beneficial. Like you know, we talked about this with the whole Tony and Sebi thing. We know where where you stand on it. And when it's player to player, I think it's a little bit different. I think you got to be a little bit more careful with the way that's handled because you're going to have to rely on that man on the on the very next pitch, the very next play. You're going to need that man's bat in the lineup. Um, and not saying that he wouldn't try otherwise, like you know. So uh, that's not what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. what I mean is, like, you, these these are your brothers out there on the field, and you know you, they're not trying to to do wrong by you. I, I would also advise Dallas Keuchel to you know not have as many runners on base, possibly. <laughs> you know that that could that could also be uh, on the table. But yeah, I don't have a problem with him also just taking him to task. It wasn't uh, uh, you know too egregious. It wasn't Carlos Zambrano out there. He wasn't making pitching a fit. But you know Dallas has a certain level of expectations out there and you know I think at this point his performance on the field hasn't really uh, lined up with with those expectations uh, for himself versus expectations for others like it was last year where I think he did a great job establishing some of the culture and and preparing this team to win games in October and now the stakes are getting higher here. So yeah, it's it's good to give someone a little a friendly kick in the ass when you when you're heading towards the postseason here because that's that's something that can't happen because the, the devil's in the details with this thing, man. If that happens in a postseason game, we could be talking about this totally different because then you have a one run ball game and we have some of the things that we happen happen here in the ninth inning with with this Sox team. This is one thing all year that I've been kind of looking at them. Under, under the guise of how do they perform in these tight ball games, situational hitting, and this was not a good night uh, if you're looking at the team in that lens. But uh, let's go back to, to Kopech who came in. If you go and look at uh, you know the, the pitch tracking here for Kopech, uh, top pitch velocity in this ball game, it goes Michael Kopech, Michael Kopech, Michael Kopech, Michael Kopech, Michael Kopech, uh, from 101, 100.9, 100.8, 100.6, 100.2. He was out there throwing gas. Uh, however, uh, one of the problems here is in the the missed spot there to Brandon Marsh, who um, I think should get a haircut. Herb, what say you? Brandon Marsh, a little too much there. Uh, you know, I know he's playing for Mister Bu, and if if you f- if you feel sexy, then wear it, Joe Madden. But that 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 hair's a little excessive there. It's a lot, but you know, I, I'm sure that he probably has some people in his family with uh, male pride and baldness, or on the on the, his mom's side, got some uh, people who are bald. He's like, "Hey, man, wear your hair long as you can, while you can, so do it." As a person that's got short hair, I wish I had some long, luscious locks sometimes. Wow, um, maybe you know, a little fro, a little natural. I can't grow a right one. When my hair grows a little longer, it just messes up. It doesn't look right. So my natural doesn't look right. So, yeah, get your hair right if you want to. I mean, as long as it's kempt. Well, that's that's the thing. Well, I mean, we can't all be White Sox bullpen out here, the ponytail gang, and those tightly coiffed man buns out there coming at you throwing 100. My issue with Marsh is the hair is so long it covers up the name on the back of the jersey. I know you play for the name on the front, but if you're if if, if your case is your point is valid, how you know maybe he's honoring some folks who are follically challenged. And, like, let's not cover up the last name. Let people know who you are, young man. And he doesn't have a Delilah in his life, so he hits that home run to win the game. Uh, so Kopech goes <laughs> sliders. That's a Bible reference, guys. If you guys didn't know that one. Yeah, um, yeah. It was that Samson, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. He go, Kopech goes. the Cubs last night, two days ago. <laughs> no one, like, I don't know which reference is more obscure uh, a Bible reference or a 2021 
post-trade deadline Cubs reference. Um, I, I don't <laughs> cut know. Up some, I cut up some of his tapes, so that's the only reason I know him. Yeah, uh, yeah, no shit. Uh, so Kopech goes slider, slider, fastball, 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 and uh, I believe it was Layla on Twitter made a great point. Like you know, you know, guys get catch up to that one on one if they see it multiple times in a row. And we had just got done talking about damn it, Michael Kopech's pitch selection last week at the end of the week, and or maybe it was at the beginning of this week. Yeah, I think it was at the beginning of this week. Uh, they're all all these days are running together uh, but Kopech's pitch selection and I, I was not a fan of that pitch selection there but tip your cap to Brandon Marsh who uh, takes a 100 mile hour pa- fastball and goes opposite field with it that was a good piece of hitting right there uh, but still at the time you're like all right so you got some work to do but it's only one run deficit uh, which brings us to the offense and we're going to get to them after a short time out here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at DirecTV. Welcome aboard, DirecTV. Does this sound familiar to you guys out there? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff, right? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally Get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Direct TV, get your TV together compatible device required content varies by package betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling get daily picks blowout specials wrong team favorite picks and lee sterling's lock of the day follow the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts all right if you are a fan of offense this was not the game for you. The White Sox, they, they do uh, scratch out nine hits, but only two runs to show for it, Herb. This was not a good game for the offense top to bottom. Just looking here, Luis Robert with one hit, Moncada with two more hits, playing really well other than that bad defensive miscue. He did have the, the bomb there in that one uh, for one of the only two, uh, runs scored. Hits from Abreu, Grandal, Jimenez, Sheets, and Leary, and Cesar Hernandez with a hit as well, but ultimately couldn't sc- uh, string enough of them together uh, to get any s- sustained rallies here. Uh, but you look at, again, uh, two for nine with runners in scoring position, seven men left on base, just not going to get it done if you're looking to uh, doodle uh, you know, down this magic number uh, in short order here. Uh, you know, it, it was not a good night for the offense tonight. Yeah, and but I feel encouraged by what I saw from Aloy. Yes, you know, it's one one from four. That's on my then, notes. Yeah, well, hold on, hang hang on to that for a second. Okay. We'll we'll get to that. So, Cshek comes in, Ugh. and that man, how weird is that? I thought he was cooked. You know, uh, when he was with the Cubs and then he came to the White Sox like, ah, maybe they'll get a little something for him. And ironically, <laughs> I was like, Joe Madden is the one that got him cooked because he's throwing him out there every day. And now he looks to be reinvented out there. You know, the slider's got some life and uh, the fastball still moves really well and he's able to keep it in the zone. Uh, so Steve Ciszek, uh, you know, posed some problems for the Sox in the eighth inning there. Um, and then you go to the top of the ninth here real quick just to, to cap it, you know, to the captain Garrett Crochet tonight. 
looking grimy with the facial hair. Looks like he's October ready. Looks a little nasty out there. And he made the MVP. That's your MVP, Ooh. Neil Funk. Shohei Otani made him look silly uh, for the 90,000th strikeout in White Sox history, which is uh, which is really remarkable when you think about it. But that was a good spot there for Crochet, who, by the way, is turning himself into a really, really valid uh, left-handed option to to complement Bummer. Like we we haven't talked about that a lot, but he's you know even when he was struggling, he still was in the midst of a really good season. Especially when you consider the context of him not pitching a lot last year. But he is is getting better here as we're getting deeper to the season, which I did not think was going to be the case for a young kid like that. But he's been awesome. Yeah, looking good as you would put it. I think the other day you said that Kimbrel uh, made sweet love to uh, <laughs> Salvi Perez. Yes, and that's exactly what happened right there with uh, Crochet. He looked horrible, Otani in that at bat, like horrible. I know he's in a bad way right yeah. now, not going well. I think he hit under two hundred now for his last couple games. Whew, friends, this is going to put him in another tailspin because he just looked. <laughs> horrible and that at bat specifically and it's good to see Greg Garrett Crochet say okay you're the MVP and this guy can hit you at any time like I was talking about the other day if there's a chance to put him on base put him on base but if Garrett Crochet sees him he's like I, I, I got this the MVP come on now that guy is garbage if you, if you were just to come up to the game today and saw Shohei Tani's at bats today you'd be like that is not an MVP he is a guy who's either tired or just way overmatched right now, and he's given he needs a day off. I wouldn't be surprised if later on today Joe gave him a day off because he was not good. Well, he's already uh, scratched, not scratched, but we we were speculating that maybe he'd be pitching. Uh, so we'll just do that quick preview now. If you're heading out to the ballpark later on today for the uh, one ten start, it's uh, Alex Cobb currently taking the ball for the Angels. So yeah, so I would think that you know uh, Shohei's probably going to get the uh, the day off. Uh, you, you would think just because the way he's going, and uh, if I know anything about Joe Madden, I think he'll probably get the day, even with the righty, uh, Ronaldo Lopez going for the Sox. So there's your uh, preview for tomorrow. Uh, but let's go back to the ninth inning here. The Sox had a chance here to get back in this thing, and I thought maybe they were going to uh, have some more White Sox magic here. Eloy leads off with that double. I have it just as you had it uh, the, under my notes as a really good sign. Hit that ball hard on the line into the gap, and I think ultimately when you look back at this game, and yes, it's frustrating, but you look at the little moments like there, like like that one right there, can turn the tide for someone who's struggling as Eloy has been. But that was I was just encouraged as you were to see him in a spot like that to lead off, get a good pitch against a good pitcher in Iglesias, and that was a very encouraging as well. Yeah, and I saw his at bat. I think it was in the fifth or sixth where he lines the ball out straight center. Looked like he had good wood on it, but it just came short of the uh, warning track. So I was like, okay, he's almost there. He's just a smidge off. And then that double, I was like, all right, that's a tough hitter. I'm a pitcher to get a hit off of uh, Glacius. I think the broadcast was saying he's second in the league to Liam Hendricks in saves and a great stat by the Angels. I think they're 61 and 0 now when they have the lead going in after the eighth inning. So mm -hmm. Joe Madden's team's doing some things. They get Mike Trout, they get. Rendon back next year and Otani's Otani, maybe some challenging out there in the West because they have the pieces out there in the back end of the bullpen with C-Shack now, who's his 20th hold today, and Rosario Iglesias looking really good. So watch out for them in the future. But, yeah, I was very encouraged by Aloy's at bat right there in the ninth. And I was like, here we go. We've got a Gavin Sheets. 
He can get some some soft contact to the right side of the infield, and we'll get uh, Billy Hamilton, who pitch ran for Eloy to third base, and we're cooking with gas. And so, yeah, well, I was like so hopeful that we were gonna at least force this game into extra innings, but you know, they didn't come through. Whatever, right, it's so, a tough guy. It's a really tough guy. Really so tough. it's tough to tough to really put some stress on these guys and say, Hey, Lori, what the hell? Or, uh, Brian Goodwin, wh- when we come through, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Cesar uh, gave it a ride there uh, at the end of the game, uh, really put a nice piece of wood on it against a tough pitcher, uh, but they were not able to come through, but let's talk about that. You know, you, you pinch run Billy Hamilton there for Eloy, which obviously is the right move. Uh, but I wonder, you know, what's, you know, when you when you if you put yourself in Tony Larusa's baseball pants here for a second, like I wonder why they didn't just try to do a, a straight up steal. And I know everyone in the ballpark would have been you know looking for it, but we know Billy Hamilton. You know that's been his his repertoire. That's been his calling card uh, his entire career. Is that everyone in the ballpark knows he's going to try to steal, and more often than not, he's going to be able to do so. So I, I'm conflicted with just let him steal early. And but you know that way you put Gavin Sheets in a position where hopefully he can just get a fly ball in mm-hmm. the air, um, and and you can get yourself a tie ball game here. But I know that's really risky uh, when you have nobody out. I, I get it, but it's like, what do you think is more likely to happen? Gavin Sheets hitting a ground ball to the right side or hitting a, a ball in the air? I, I think yeah. ball in the air. But again, that's you know that, that I might be crazy to say just go out there and try to have him steal. But look, let's face it; these games are pretty meaningless right now. And if, if Billy Hamilton go out there and swipe third base when everyone in the ballpark knows it, I think that's the type of stuff that you need to know for sure can be a thing in the postseason. I don't know how you feel about that. I think that some would be mad if he was thrown out and made the first out oh, at third would. base as a as a uh, fundamental baseball rule. But you have Billy Hamilton on the team. Like, this is his thing. I understand he was in scoring position and with his elite speed, he's going to score on any single outside the infield the Lurie Garcia with that infield single right there uh the advance from the third and man if that third baseman threw it the first that would have been a tie game because <laughs> he was thinking about it. he's like you throw it go ahead I got a nice uh jump after that and I'm gonna go home and I'm score easily so yeah uh, I see what you're saying there I wouldn't be too mad if he got thrown out of third there because that's his game it's a speed game Rysel Iglesias is a tough guy so any advantage you give right there and if you're at third it maybe limits the pitches that he can throw there he's not throwing that change up that's filthy he's not throwing a a four seamer a fork ball in the dirt or anything like that because he doesn't know if Kurt Suzuki's gonna block it enough so Billy Hamilton doesn't score I could see that I can see you maybe want to test that out and see if you can put something on film and so guys later in the playoffs will be like okay Billy Hamilton's game, and they're not afraid to run Billy Hamilton at second base to third in his uh, no-out situation. So we got to watch out for that and maybe not throw anything off-speed, just be throwing fastball. So, yeah, I wouldn't have been too pissed about that. But ultimately, Sheets has to come through there and not strike out. Lurie did his job for the most part, got got on base and advanced the runner. Just have to have the other two guys come through for you. 
Yeah, Goodwin, not not a great at bat. He strikes out on four pitches and, uh, you know, just overmatched. But, you know, uh, Glacius is really damn good. And the, the pitches were close enough where they were enticing. Uh, they were very competitive pitches uh, near uh, near the zone. And then Hernandez, of course, flies out to end it. But it frustrating that they couldn't get that run across. But it's baseball and that happens. I'm not going to get too worked up over it. And just to clarify, I, I probably would not have had Hamilton steal at first blush if I'm Tony La Russa because that's a move that will get you crucified in the media but i'm just you know saying here let's like let's call it what it is these games are meaningless right now so why not just try it <laughs> um you know but that's me just sitting here in my basement watching the game uh, i don't have to answer to the media afterwards so uh is Sox, uh you fail to get that magic number down and also they lose a game on the astros so they're now two back of the astros for best record in there uh, between the two of them uh, which ultimately is three games because they have the tiebreaker. So uh, that thing uh, is, uh, you know, got a little separation now. So you know, it seems uh, like we'll we will see the White Sox sort of change their their the way they're operating here, to, depending on how close or how far away that gap widens between them and the Astros here. So we know Tim Anderson will be in the lineup later on today. So that'll be fun. But uh, yeah, man, it's a, a tough loss here, and you'd like to have them come away with that one, especially. Uh, with Cleveland winning, uh, you you know you don't get a chance to get that magic number down, but it is what it is, and they get a chance to get back at it and take the series later on today. But uh, we'll take a quick time out and let's hear a funny Norm McDonald anecdote, shall we? You down for that? I'm down. All right, let's do it. Next here on Locked On White Sox. Locked On White Sox is also brought to you by Bet Online. It's that time of year again, folks, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-a-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. They're all open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. That's where you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th during the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose... Lose your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. The dog days of August may be behind us, and the Sox certainly have some work to do here, but let's face it, folks. Big lead in the AL Central. You want to have something interesting to put your money on every night. Make things a little more fun with the White Sox. Go to Bet Online for all your latest odds on the Sox. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers for the 2021 season. Bet Online, your online sportsbook, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget our promo code locked on at Bet Online. That's promo code locked on at Bet Online. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends at RockAuto.com. You know, with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models of automobiles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car's ever going to need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or is it an EX? Then you say, well, I'm not sure about that. Then you have to go back outside and check your car, and you've had your car for years, and you should know what it is by now, but you don't. So you wait for the person behind the counter to check their inventory and order the parts that only their warehouse 
has. Why would you do that when you have access to a vast catalog of inventory right there on your phone in your pocket at rockauto.com? I already mentioned a clear example of why you save time by going to rockauto.com and not to one of those chain stores. But did you know that those chain stores, they'll often charge you 30% more, 50% more, or even double for the same parts at their stores or, God forbid, a car dealership. You're going to get better prices at rockauto.com. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 listed at a chain store. Rockauto.com, only $216. And best of all, Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They've been a sponsor and a friend of this podcast for two seasons now. You see, because Rock Auto's prices are always going to be reliably low for everyone, for the do-it-yourselfers and the professionals. And it's not only the prices or the convenience, they also have everything that you're going to be looking for. Go in there, take a look for yourself. If you need brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, they've got you covered at rockauto.com. Go in there and explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and do us a favor, write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Jason Benetti, who's a friend of the score and uh, just a good dude all around, he had a great profile in Chicago Magazine. I encourage you guys to read that. He was on Jason Goff's podcast yesterday, The Full Go. Great interview with Jason there with the two Jasons. Two Jasons. Wow, that's a lot of Jasons. Uh, that's a deep cut there. Uh, I don't have. I don't even. I reach for the button. I don't even have that on my machine anymore. The two. That's a lot of Jasons. Uh, yeah, but, that was uh, in reference <laughs> to the twins. Or the Jason, Jason Kubel, Bartlett. Jason Bartlett, Jason Tyner. That's the off the off forgotten Jason of the Minnesota Twins. Jason Tyner. Uh, hmm. But yeah, so uh, we had Jason Benetti on the show. Matt Spiegel was in solo yesterday. And we had Jason Benetti on, and I was texting with Benetti. He actually reached out to me. It was very what a sweetheart he is. That when Norm McDonald passed away, texted me, said, "Hey man, this really sucks. I know you were a big fan, as was I." And uh, I was like, "Yeah, man, that's it's going to be a rough one." And so we just started, you know, uh, exchanging pleasantries. And he relayed to me uh, that he uh, had an encounter with Norm McDonald at an airport. Uh, earlier last year, and so uh, you know, I, it made my day. Quite frankly, I laughed very loud when he when he t- t- you know texted me the anecdote, and I said, "Hey, uh, if this doesn't come up uh, during the game tonight, please share that with us on the show tomorrow." Uh, you know, which was which was today, obviously. So, and if you're listening to this, it was yesterday. So, talk about a real uh, trippy situation here. But uh, so I told him, I was like, "You have to share that anecdote with us on the show." And Spiegel talked to him for like 20 minutes, and I thought we wouldn't naturally get there, but we we got there. And here is Jason Benetti talking about his run in with Norm McDonald. Hey, I. I don't know if Tanny told did Tanny tell you I ran into Norm McDonald last year in like February. I he he told me, but I don't know the story, and I was hoping we'd get here, so I'm ready. Okay, okay, all right. So I had it was like early February. I had done an Ohio State basketball game with Robbie Hummel. I'm sitting at Eddie George's in the Columbus Airport, <laughs> and uh, Robbie and the producer Bart Fox had left, so I'm sitting at the table alone, and in comes Norm McDonald, and he's got a couple people with him, and they sit at the table right next to me, and. Uh, we get to talking, and I'm I'm starstruck because I think Norm's one of the funniest people ever, ever, ever. And he uh, he turns to me, he goes, "Hey, uh, they still caning people in Singapore?" And I said, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, I remember uh, that kid Michael Fay." Wow. 
And I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah, they came to him in Singapore. I go, yeah, uh, I don't know. He goes, why, uh, I got a nephew who's a little weird who just moved to Singapore. Uh, you think they'll cane him? <laughs> and I was like, I said, now, now I was really sad yesterday because I think he's funny as all get out. <laughs> but I still don't know if it was a bit, Steve. I still don't know if it was a bit. <laughs> Uh, my guess it was a bit. Um, and yeah, I, I, t- I texted Jason after he told me that story. I was like, yeah, if, uh, if, you know, uh, corporal punishment in foreign countries comes up naturally during the game tonight, definitely use that anecdote. But if not, you can just share it with us on the show the next day. So he was able to weave that in. Didn't come up during the game the other night, but he's able to bring it up on the show. And I thought that was, a, that's a great way to end the show here today with that, that funny story of Norm McDonald. Thank you, Jason Benetti for sharing. Oh, there's nothing better in the 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 delivery by Jason. Oh yeah, spot on. <laughs> you can tell he's a big time fan. Yeah, absolutely. So that made my day. Uh, it made my day two days in a row, as if that's possible. When he told me via text, that made my day. Made me feel better. And if there was really sad, and then uh, made me laugh uh, yesterday as well. So uh, that's all I got. Uh, we mentioned the matchups. If you're going out to the ballpark later on today, God bless. Not many opportunities. To see the, the this team play during the day, maybe you play a little hooky from uh, from work or school and get yourself out to the ballpark and see Reynaldo and the little Lopezers. It should be a lot of fun, and we will recap that one, and uh, we'll bring that to you first thing Friday morning, and that will uh, be an end of our Locked on White Sox work week. That's all I got. That is Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. I'm Herb Lawrence at Norwell23, and our show is at Locked on Sox. You got the number and you got the email, so go and use those. For us on Locked on Socks.